you have your Bibles this morning and you would, go with me to the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 11, as we are continuing our journey through this book. And today um, we're seeing a very similar pattern in the book of 1 Samuel, that the people of God need God. And this morning, I have no idea what's going on in your life. I don't know if things have never been better in your marriage. I don't things, I know if things have never been worse with your finances. I have no idea whether you feel today farther from God than you ever have. Or today, you can finally say, God is really at work in our life. I have no idea what that is for you. Maybe today you're here and you're saying, I don't need God. I'm talented enough. I'm smart enough. I'm wealthy enough. Uh, My life is really what I want it to be. And so I really don't have a need for God. But this morning I want you to know that you do have a need for the Lord. If you're lost today, you need to be forgiven. You need to be forgiven of your sins because you are an enemy of God. But today, if you are saved, you need the Lord every moment, every decision that you make. And what we see in 1 Samuel is the children of God need God. A situation has arisen that has put them in a difficult situation. And so today, I want to talk to you about that. If you are willing for God to be your supplier. You see, I can offer you whatever I want. But if you're not willing to accept it, it's going to be useless. Some of you are the world's best advice givers. And some of the worst advice takers. Amen? Now, see how spiritual you just all got right there? It was just like halos came out over your head and said, Oh, I would never not listen to advice. You know how I know it's hard to listen to advice? I don't like to listen to advice. And so all of us are that way. And so today I want to take you through this situation and show you some things that I believe can help you to know that God is the supplier in your time of need. And so pray with me this morning, and then we'll go right through our text for this morning. Father, today I come thankful for who you are. I'm thankful for your many blessings. I thank you for what we have already seen here this morning, Lord. And we know that, Lord, if you are not the one working and moving in this service today, that nothing will get done of any value at all. And so, Father, I ask that you'd forgive me, that you would preach through your messenger the words that you would have your people to hear. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. Difficult situations come to all of us. Difficult situations come to all of us. And so let's look at the difficult situation that the children of God found themselves in in verses 1 through 4. Then Nahash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead. This is not the kind of camping that you do at Ren Lake. He came to destroy this city. And all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve you. And Nahash the Ammonite answered them, On this condition I will make a covenant with you, 
that I may put out all your right eyes and bring reproach on all Israel. Then the elders of Jabesh said to him, Hold off for seven days that we may send messengers to all the territory of Israel. And then, if there is no one to save us, we will come out to you. So the messengers came to Gibeth of Saul and told the news in the hearing of the people. And all the people lifted up their voices and wept. You see, what happens is this town had an enemy that came to its gates. And in common in the military day that they lived in, the answer was either you can either serve us or we can take over. And the children of Jabesh said, we'll make a covenant with you that we'll, we'll be there for you, we'll, we'll serve you um, as long as you don't destroy us. And this Ammonite king says, okay, but you're going to have to do something to prove you're into the battle. And you say, well, Jake, this can't be a literal reading of that. It is absolutely a literal reading of that. He said, I'm going to take out your right eye, and then we'll make a covenant. And you say, what in the world? In the military armor that they would have wore, in the day that they lived, you needed to have part of your face covered. And you saw, or seen, however the right word is, out of this eye in battle. So you're, if you have a shield here, and your shield is here protecting you from your enemy, you can't see out of your left eye. So it's like peeking around this pulpit. I can see Tom with my right eye. And he says, to prove that you will never fight against me in battle, you're going to have to give your right eye. So the people said, give us a few days to think about it. And see, you, see, friends, they found themselves in a difficult situation. They were afraid of being defeated by the enemy. They were afraid of being destroyed by the enemy. And their first thought was to compromise. Let's just go along with whatever they want and we'll be fine. But the terms of their surrender were too great. And friends, today I want you to hear this. Every single one of us have troubles. Every one of us has relationship problems. Every marriage has an up and down. Every job has days that you think you want to quit. Every church has seasons of up and down. And so today, I don't know if you are more miserable than you have ever been in your marriage. I don't know if you're more unhappy at church than you've ever been. I don't know if you're more discouraged at work than you've ever been. But you are not alone. Because when we get in the middle of difficult situations, the number one thing that we think about is, I'm the only one who's ever been here. We're the only couple that's ever had a fight. We're the only church that's ever had problems. We're the only employer that's ever laid someone off. That is not the case. And so the people of this city should have realized that we need the Lord. You say, well, why did this enemy king come? Well, if you're familiar with all that's going on in Israel right now, they have just decided that Samuel is old and decrepit and we don't want him anymore. And so let's make for us a king. 
And anytime the Lord is doing something or there is an opportunity for Satan to get involved, guess what he does? You get a new boss at work and the transition is a train wreck. A church goes from one pastor to another and in that season of transition, it's a train wreck. You go from being single to get married and the wedding rehearsal is a train wreck. You go from being a happy young couple with no children to having a new baby and then the drama starts. You see, when there is a change or a blessing in your life, Satan will do everything that he can to destroy it. Everything he can. And so today I want you to hear this, that just like the people of this city, you are going to face difficulties, trials, and tribulations. And you can do one of two things. You can do the easy thing, like they tried to do. But yet, friends, I want you to know, doing it any other way than God's way is easy at first. But the consequences will be more than you and I want to pay. That's all right. At least one person agrees with me. You know why that is? Because Satan will give you a way to make an easy decision, but the cost always come later. You say, well, Jake, I, I'm not happy in my marriage. I think I'll find a newer model that uh, doesn't complain as much. But friends, you have no idea the damage that's going to do to your children, to your relationship, to your family. And, and down the road, you'll look back and say, oh, you know what? That newer model got old too. And, and that, that newer model that we never argued and fought and complained, guess what happens after a season of time? All new vehicles need maintenance. All new vehicles eventually have stuff that goes wrong with them. Oh, when they're brand new though, right? Oh, they smell good. There's no french fries down in between the seats. Right? There's, there's no stains in places that, that I never dreamed Every vehicle that we own, if you look up, there is some kind of stain on the ceiling. One time we had ketchup packets, and our oldest one was decided to step through the van, stepped on a ketchup packet, and it went boom. And so in my old red van, it's got ketchup stains all over the top of it. And every time I look up, I think, well, God bless children. Amen. <laughs> How am I going to sell that one day? I'm just going to take it straight to the junkyard for that story. But that's how it is. And so, oh, a new church will make all the difference, right? Because there's no problems there and no difficulties there. Oh, a new relationship will, will, will make it all better because that person's not like the one that I'm in. No! All of us have difficulties. All of us have problems. And today, if you will recognize that, you can learn who you're going to lean on. Listen to what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Therefore, let him who thinks he stand... Take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is what? Some of you don't read well. God is faithful. God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. There is no problem that you are facing, that your marriage is facing, that our church is facing, that this country is facing, that is above God being able to deliver you and I. 
Nothing. It's what it says right there. There's no temptation. You can't say, well, Jake, I've always been a, a person with a bad temper, and I'll be a person with a bad temper till I die. No, that's not what the Bible says. You say, Jake, I've always had wandering eyes. I've always had a, a trickery in business. No. There is no sin in your life that God says is unique only to you. And there's not a way that you can't find forgiveness and overcome. It's everybody. It's what it says there. And so the second thing I want to show you this morning, after that we all face difficult situations, is that the difference is the Spirit of God. The difference is the Spirit of God. Look what it says in verses 5 through 10. Now there was Saul coming behind the herd from the field. And Saul said, What troubles the people that they weep? And they told him the words of the men of Jabesh. Then the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard this news. And his anger was greatly aroused. So he took a yoke of oxen and cut them in pieces. And sent them throughout all the territory of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, Whoever does not go out with Saul and Samuel to battle, so it shall be done to his oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out with one consent. And when he numbered them in Bezek, the children of Israel were 300,000, and the men of Judah 30,000. And they said to the messenger who came, Thus you shall say to the men of Jabesh-Gilead, Tomorrow, by the time the sun is hot, you shall have help. Then the messengers came and reported it to the men of Jabesh, and they were glad. Therefore the men of Jabesh said, Tomorrow we will come out to you, and you may do with us whatever seems good to you. This morning I want to show you something, that the Spirit of God is different than just being sad. Sometimes people think, well, Jake, I'm sad because I've had difficulties in my marriage. I'm sad because I've had difficulties at church. I'm sad because I've had difficulties at work. I'm sad because I've had difficulties in my life. I'm sorrowful for the situation that I'm in. There is a difference between sadness and spirit filled responses. Anyone can shed tears, right? I, I'm living with a house full of girls, and I can promise you they can cry over anything and everything, regardless of it matters. Do you guys want to eat ice cream to know? No, we wanted popsicles. Same thing. No, it's not. And I'm telling you today, friends, there are many people in your life that will act sad, they will act sorrowful, but if you want to see your difficulties end in victories, you have to be full of the Spirit of God. And you have to let the Spirit of God be at work in you. Look what it says there, because I really want to, to focus in on this. Now there was Saul coming from behind the herd. He was the king, but yet he was still doing out the jobs that no one else wanted to do. You see, he hadn't fully transitioned yet. And so everybody else heard about this bad situation in Jabesh, and guess what they did? Nothing. You see, they were upset, but they were not willing to do anything to help. And most people will be that way in your time of need. 
Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Oh, I'm so sorry that this is going on. Oh, I'm so sorry it turned out like this. And that's as far as it goes. But friends, if you want to see God at work, you have to go from being sorrowful to led by the Spirit. Because Saul hears about this situation, and he gets angry. He says, those are our brothers and sisters. Those are our fellow children of God. We can't just let them go up there and cut their eye out and give it away. The Spirit of God, the Bible says, came upon him. The Spirit of God will drive you to action. First and foremost, this way. Today, if you're lost and you are under conviction, that means you're sitting there today realizing that my relationship with God is non-existent. If you're here today and you're realizing that, you know what, I'm a sinner. (laughs) The Bible is full of the commandments of God that I break. Friends, that is the Spirit of God working in your life. It is not the messenger. It is the Spirit of God convicting you and showing you of your need. And you can sit there today and you can ignore the Spirit of God. You can feel guilty for the things that are going on in your life. You can be upset and weep over the things that are in your life. But friends, the only way that you will experience the joy and victory of salvation is if you repent from your sins. If you do something about what God has shown you. That means you've got to repent and turn from your wicked ways and call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. It's all right. You're, you know, you can ignore me, but it's still right. Second thing today, if you're a Christian, the same is true. You see, I was saved and I was baptized and, and I come to church. And, and you know, I, there are things in my life that shouldn't be there. But, you know, you know, I'm better than some other people. And I know what you're talking about, Jake. And I know the right answer. Friends, what you are doing is you are sad and you are sorrowful. But God wants you to respond with action. That means you have to say, I'm a believer, Lord. The Spirit of God lives within me. And so if my, if my tongue is the problem, Lord, I'm going to forgive and I'm going to turn from it. If unforgiveness is my problem, Lord, I'm going to turn from it and make it right. Lord, if it's relationships, whatever it is. I'm going to go from being upset and sad and sorrowful about it and I'm going to do something about it. Because the Spirit of God that lives within me will lead me to do that. You see, the Spirit of God is not going to leave you in the mess that you're in. He's not going to leave you if you're discouraged. He's not going to leave you if you're depressed. He's not going to leave you if you're wrong. He's not going to leave you if you're in sin. But the Spirit of God is going to bring you to a point where you either have to respond or reject. And this morning, that's my challenge to you. Are you going to be like the people that heard about their problems and did nothing? Or are you going to be like Saul? Now, I'm not suggesting you do Saul's response, okay? Saul tears apart an animal um, by, I believe, a divine power given to him by the Spirit of God. And he sends it to every town, every group of people in Israel. And says, if you don't get on board with helping our brothers and sisters, this is what's going to happen. That's a pretty bold statement, right? That's a dramatic 
But God used that just like he used Jeremiah putting um, uh, shackles on himself and, and the, the oxen equipment. God uses things like that. And this morning, you are not here by accident. You are not here just by chance. God wants you to hear the message that difficulties come to all of us, but the difference is the Spirit of God. You can leave out here with as much hate in your heart as you came in here today. You can leave here with as much sorrow and unforgiveness as you came in here. You can do that today. But God says that's not what he wants for you. And that's not what he wants for me. He wants us to hear and see the difficulty and see the situation and repent and make it right. You say, Jake, that's easy for you to say. You're up there talking and we're here listening. It's not easy, but it's the right thing to do. You see, that's why he said you can either cut out your eye and be a slave to someone else. Or you can trust in the Spirit of God and what God is doing to win the victory. In verses 26 of the book of John, chapter 14, talking about the Holy Spirit. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. If you want wisdom, if you want to know what the Lord wants for your life, it doesn't come from me. And it doesn't come from your intuition. It doesn't come from your ability. The Bible says that the Spirit of God will teach you all things. And he will bring to remembrance the things that Jesus has said to us. In the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Likewise the Spirit also helps in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. When you are so overwhelmed and so discouraged that you don't know how to pray, the Bible says that the Spirit of God takes what is in your heart and what you need and presents it to God. Presents it to God. When all you can do is weep. When all you can do is weep. God says, I know what you need. And the Spirit of God will take that and lay it before the throne of God the request and the situation that you need. The Spirit of God. And so today I hope that you'll go from being sad and sorrowful to letting the Spirit work in your life. And the third and final thing this morning, we've looked at difficulties come to all of us. We've looked at the difference that the Holy Spirit makes. And third and finally this morning, that deliverance only comes from the Lord. Difficulties happen to all of us. The difference is the Spirit of God. And third and finally, deliverance only comes through the Lord. So look what it says here in verses 11 through 15. So it was on the next day that Saul put the people in three companies, and they came into the midst of the camp, camp in the morning watch and killed Ammonites until the heat of the day and it happened that those who survived were scattered so that no two of them were left together then the people said to Samuel who is he who said shall Saul reign over us bring the men that we may put them to death 
Remember when there was a few chapters ago when there was a rebellious fraction that didn't like Saul, that said Saul's not going to rule over us, Saul's not going to be in charge of us, Saul's not going to do these things, we're right, he's wrong. And the Bible says that Saul didn't say nothing, right? Saul just kept his mouth shut. But what happens is those people that remembered that said, you bring them rebels here and we'll murder them on the spot because Saul should be our king. And I want to show you the wisdom that you can have when you have the opportunity to retaliate against someone who's hurt you. Listen to what Saul says here. But Saul said, not a man shall be put to death this day. For today, the, what's it say? Lord has accomplished salvation in Israel. Then Samuel said to the people, come, let us go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. So all the people went to Gilgal and there was made Saul king before the Lord in Gilgal. There they made sacrifices of peace offerings before the Lord. And there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. Saul could have said, you know what? I just want a major battle for us. You get to keep both of your eyes. Those people that were murmuring, those people that were dividing, string them up. And let's be honest with you, some of us would have said that, right? Some would have said, do you know what they've been saying about me? Do you know how much trouble they've been causing me? Do you know how much division's been going on because of them? Let's get them! This is the Lord's opportunity for us. And Saul said, no, no. We're not going to spoil what the Lord is doing by responding that way. And Christians, God will win your battles for you. God will fight for you. But you have to recognize something. People are not the enemy. You say, well, Jake, I don't know. I've had some people that seem like the enemy to me. They're not the enemy. They're sinners in need of salvation. They're believers who have fallen into sin. And guess who alone gets to judge the lost and the saved? God does. <laughs> you don't get that privilege. I don't get that privilege. And so, friends, it doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter how much they try to hurt you. It doesn't matter how many times they try to ruin the situation that you're in. How many times they try to tear apart a church. You let God fight for you. You just keep praising him for what he's doing. This morning, we're going to praise God for Aaron and Lindsay and Clara and Owen. We're going to praise him for that. In the second service, we're going to praise him for the six families and what he's doing there. And yes, could we have more? We can't handle that. We're going to be thankful for every family that God sends here today to worship with us in the first service, in the second service, in Sunday school. And could it be more? Absolutely. But all we can do is thank God for what he's done. And friends, in your life and in mine, the tendency is to say, you know what? God, I know you've been good to me. God, I know you fought for me. God, I know you have won the victory for me. But boy, if I could just rub some dirt in the face of those people that tried to stop me as I was going, Lord, I'd really enjoy it. Lord, if I could just get some vindication in all that I'm doing. Lord, if you could just show those people. If you could just remind those people. Lord, if you could just humble those people. Lord, I'd be greatly appreciative. 
And Saul says, ain't going to do that. God won the victory. And he receives the praise. Christian, today I'm telling you, if you want to see God at work in your life, you have got to quit worrying about the difficulties around you, the difficult people that are involved in it, and wait and watch for the Lord to do something and to do something amazing. And today, if you'll be like Saul, if you'll, if you'll use wisdom, you won't cheapen the victory that God's going to win. How many of you have ever seen a team win and be very ungracious in victory? It's awful, right? They always talk about sore losers, right? And I'm a sore loser. I'm telling you, if my grandma was blocking home plate, I would charge, I would run her over to win the game. I mean, I mean it, all right? I'm competitive. I am competitive. But friends, I'm telling you what, what's worse than being a sore loser is taking the victory that God won for you and acting like you did it. And that's exactly what happened. Friends, we are thankful for the church that God has given us. We are thankful for the victories that God has won. We are thankful for what God is going to do in the future. But the moment that we start saying, look what those people are missing out on. Or look what could have been. Or look what should have been. What we have done is we've taken the victory that God has won. And we've said, hey, we've got this victory. And now let's rub it in the faces of everyone else. You see, Saul exercised wisdom because he stayed humble. And this morning, you've got to be humble. When the Lord wins victories in your life, celebrate him. Don't become vindictive. Don't become divisive. Don't become in any way something that looks like what these people wanted Saul to do. And I'm going to tell you, it's hard. It's hard. It's a wonderful thing when the Lord vindicates you or me. But you ought to leave it to him. <laughs> when that person who spread all kinds of lies about you, it's finally proven that, that, that you, they weren't about you, it was about them. <laughs> and everything in you wants to get on Facebook and be like, yeah, baby. Just delete your Facebook account like I did. When everything in you at the local restaurant and someone walks up to you and say, Jake, so-and-so said this and said this and said this and said this, but I just saw them do this and this and this and this, and I can't believe it. You just sit there and say, hey, we've all got our struggles. We're praying for them. In those moments, in those moments that God brings you deliverance, don't forget the source of your delivery. How many Evans are glad that Amazon ships stuff to your house? You can raise your hands. You're what's wrong with America. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. If that delivery doesn't come, what happens? Oh, you're angry, right? I got Amazon Prime. Two-day shipping. It's been 37 days. At our house, they come up and knock on the door, but they don't actually knock, and then they take it to the post office and said no one was home. My wife's like, I'm always home. All right? And so we had this conversation. Every time she orders something, they didn't come here, but it says we missed the delivery. Well, dear, I don't know what to tell you. Just sit out there on the front porch and throw rocks at them. I don't know. Whatever. 
And friends, God has promised that he would deliver his people. God promised that he would be there for us. But friends, I believe the number one way that we can ruin the blessings of God is by taking the credit for ourselves instead of giving him all the honor and all the praise in every situation. That's why the Bible tells us in Psalm 72, starting in verse 18, Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does what? Wondrous things. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And so today I want you to hear this and we're going to finish. Difficulties happen to all of us. Difficulties come to all marriages, all churches, all businesses. Difficulties happen. Friends, the difference will always be the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is in charge of your life, your directions, and your decisions, things will look different than the world. And third and finally, when God brings deliverance, you make sure that he gets all the credit. All of it. When your marriage is good, God gets the credit. When church is good, God gets the credit. When your business is good, God gets the credit. When your kids are good, God gets the credit. Even in the difficulties of life, when God doesn't leave you, God gets the glory. And friends, if you can do that, I believe deliverance happens in amazing ways. And so today, are you willing, not what everybody else thinks, not what everybody else needs, but today, are you willing to recognize your need and that God is the supplier of that need? Bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, today I come thankful for the opportunity to share your word. And Lord, as we're preaching through 1 Samuel verse by verse, not skipping any of it, Lord, we just pray that your people would hear that this is a word from you and not from Jacob Gray. Father, today I pray that if I've said anything that I shouldn't have, or Lord, not said anything that I should have said, that you would forgive me. Lord, I pray that this people would hear the heart and love that I have for them, but Lord, that it is nothing compared to the heart and love that you have for them. And so, Father, I pray for that lost man, woman, boy or girl that's here in this congregation today, that your spirit is convicting right now, Lord, that they would come and be saved. Father, for that Christian, whatever their situation is, the difficulties, the challenges, that today they would not just be sad about it, not just be sorrowful about it, Lord, but that they would let your spirit do amazing things. And third and finally, Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to stay humble. Lord, help us to stay humble and gracious in the victories. Lord, that it, you get all the credit and that we never spoil the victories that you win. And Lord, I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.